Well, what a blessing to be part of the service, the songs and the music, and uh, I make a special welcome to uh, Kay Deal and Donna Kay. Just walked in a while ago. I just had to smile when I saw them do that. Kay has a way to make you smile every time you see her. She sure does. May the Lord bless. Wish you uh, turn with me to the part of the Sermon on the Mount. I want to read one verse this morning for our text. Of course, that's found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But we're going to look at Matthew 5, or rather Matthew 6, verse 33 from uh, the Bible this morning is our text verse. Would you please stand and let's read this verse together and ask God to give us an impactful uh, meaning in our heart, His message of grace here today. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. May the Lord bless. Please be seated. Thank you so much. I've entitled what I want to try to say today, Getting Righteousness Right. I don't know if there's anything, I don't think, any more important than getting righteousness right in our lives. One reason it will make it a lot easier for us to die. Uh, When we die, we're going to die alone. And the river of death is a cold, wide stream. And uh, to know that we have the righteousness right will bring such peace and assurance to us in our lives. It also is a great uh, remedy for the calamities of life and our response to them or how are we going to deal with tragedy? How are we going to deal with uh, situations in our life, disappointment, loss, and hurt? You get righteousness right. That is, that is what we're dealing with. Now Jesus, here in the Sermon on the Mount, as you know, the verses before this, he's talking about, re- he says don't worry. He's giving us reasons not to worry. Um, and it's almost kind of like he, he, he stops here and it's almost like saying, if you want to worry about something, then you worry about your relationship to God. That's what this verse means to me. If you want to really be concerned about something that matters, you be concerned about God. And if you're concerned about God, you're going to be concerned about righteousness. Righteousness means uprightness. It means sinlessness. Not only in making a list of do's and don'ts like we often do, not only is it saying, well, those people are doing things that I don't do, so they're wrong. No, righteousness involves not only uh, adhering our life or shaping our life and molding our life after God's word because it is the only rightness. You want to know rightness? You get into God's word. God's word is right. It's not by culture. We're living in a world we don't, our government has no merit, no merit. The only merit is going to be found in God's righteousness. But not only is righteousness following God's word, it is also the motive the reason you do it. See, you can do the right thing for the wrong reason. Sorry to say this, but you may be in church today for the wrong reason. There's no righteousness in that. 
Uh, there may be people that would like to come to church for the right reason uh, and are not here. And, and God blesses that in a way because, because you see, uh, righteousness is so important to our lives. And, and so we need to see that. And, and to see righteousness is to see Jesus because he is our righteousness. And so may the Lord bless us to see that. You know, I was talking about calamity situation in life. Uh, I was the other day, and sometimes I name names here, and I don't think she would mind, but I, I went over in the hospital to see Charlene Clutter. And, you know, I knew what was going to happen. I knew that I was going to be blessed. And I go into this room. This woman's laying on the hospital. She's all smiles. A nurse was attending to her. And I said to the nurse, I said, you know, you're tilling to a very special woman. She says, oh, yes, sir, I know that for sure. And Sister Charlene was just smiling. And so I was talking to her just for a moment before we had prayer. And, and she said, you know, Brother Randy, she said, God is so good. He is so good. I said, what do you mean, Sister Charlene? She says, you know that I haven't been able to walk in several years. She says, I'm paralyzed from my waist down. And she says, the reason God is so good is because I could be paralyzed from my neck down. But God is so good. You see, what this woman was doing was seeking the righteousness of God before the dilemmas or the setbacks of her life. You know, the fact is, we would not worry so much about food and clothing and about our status and about what's going to happen if we would understand better the need of really adhering and seeking and wanting the righteousness of God. So I want to try to say that. And, and really what I want to try to help us do is understand this. The devil is good at, at discouraging us. That, that, I believe, I know for a fact is his greatest tool. Some of you are like me, though I'm probably the worst in this room. You know, we've sinned a lot, okay? We can do it. We can mess up a lot of life. But you got to grasp the wholeness of the righteousness of Christ. Don't let your mistakes keep you from serving God, okay? Because it's not your righteousness, it's Christ. He can bring the redemption of things in our life and restore things that we have completely thrown away. I mean, don't let what's wrong with the world, listen to me, don't let what's wrong with the world deter you from understanding what's right with God. I think we're in that view sometimes. When we get so tied up with the situation in the world, we forget what's right with God. When you think about Jesus in the manger, you're looking at righteousness. Here's a man, Jesus Christ and God, that walked upon this earth. He never sinned, not at all. The Bible says in him was no guile. They never committed a sin. He even was so proactive in promoting righteousness, he asked his enemies when he was on trial, he says, can you just name one sin I've ever committed? Now, he wasn't being arrogant. He says, there's any sin. And you know, if I asked somebody that didn't like me, if there's anything wrong with me, I probably wouldn't have a problem getting an answer. But here's the thing with Jesus. 
He not only asked those that hated him if there's anything wrong to tell him, he asked the people that liked him, his disciples. They were right there too. Can you just name one thing that's wrong? I mean, they'd been around him, lived with him. I guarantee you, as much as I love my wife, I guarantee you, if you ask her what's wrong with me, if I ask my wife, I would dare not say, Penny, do you see anything wrong with me? Is there any faults in me? (laughs) I guarantee she could lay them out. Why? Because she knows me. But here's Jesus. See, what you got to see is, is Jesus is righteous because what God has called us to do is to be righteous. Now, he doesn't wink at that. He doesn't say, well, just do the best you can do and that'd be okay. No, no. He says, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. You know what that perfection it is? That means righteous. You get it right. So what Jesus did, what he did on the cross for us, is not only shed his blood to pay that debt of sin that we owed, he also lived a righteous life, and then he gave that to us. I want you to understand that God gave his righteousness to us. So we are righteous because of Christ. Not our works and not what we do, but righteousness of God. And and this verse I know is simple and powerful and probably you know it by heart, but I pray that God would put it in our heart so that we can leave here with a greater testimony of serving him. Because the thing about it is, the more we understand righteousness and we get righteousness right, the more we're going to fight the fight of faith. The more we're going to serve God, the more we're going to bless God with all our heart, soul, and mind. So I want to say three things, if God would help me, about this verse. Number one is, put nothing in front of God. Notice what it says, seek ye first. That means number one. Anything in your life that is in front of God is an idol. You hear me? It might look good, it might feel good, it might do good in some ways, but it is an idol. Seek ye first the righteousness of God. Now, if you do that, if you really are serious about seeking God, you are already righteous, by the way. Because God says, none seek after me. No fear of God before their eyes. So so the very fact that you want God and you want him right because you can't have God and not have his righteousness. Why? Because there's no fellowship in darkness and light. Now here's the deal. Now you watch it as we go through this. The devil will try to kick us around because we'll say, well, listen, man, if you think you're righteous and Christ has made you righteous, why in the world do you think like you do? Why do you think that sinful thought? Why did you say that or do that? That's what he'll do. So it's important that we seek God's righteousness first because Christ came to always please the Father. Did you know that that in Christ we always please the Father? That's why we're to seek righteousness. We're to seek the righteousness that Christ. You look at Christ on the cross, you're looking at righteousness. 
You're looking at Christ in your prayers, in your word of God. You're looking at righteousness. Uprightness is doing right. And, and you know, to do that, to put God first, you can't do it. Just say, well, I'm going to try to do it. You can't say, well, I might do it or uh-uh. you got to be diligent. That's what seek means. Are you diligently seeking the righteousness of God? Not because you want to be saved, but because you are, okay? That's what it means. And we, t- we can rejoice in that and bless God in that, in that way. It's having the thinking, the mind of Christ, the mode of Christ, the, the, what God wants in our life. In every aspect of our living, does this put God beside somewhere, put him on the outskirts of my life? Whatever it may be. And so if it is, you get rid of it and you go to God and you say, God, I want your righteousness. I want to live for you who died for me. And so that's what God is calling us. He says, don't put nothing. Seek ye first. See, you get God right, you got righteousness right. You got life right. So you can lay there on the hospital bed. You can lay there in the situations of life and the problems you and I face, but you know that righteousness is in Christ and God will never leave you nor forsake you and God will even bring ashes to bloom out of the ruin of our life. But seek it first. Not second, not third. This means before your family... It means before your church. Hey, don't let church people keep you from coming to church. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, that person, that couple, they have no problems. My life is breaking up. My marriage is about to fall apart. I just can't go to church. No, you're not going to church for righteousness. You're going to God for righteousness. You're seeking Him. You see, you put God in front of your problems. That's putting righteousness. That's what it's doing. So God can turn your problems into your righteousness because that's what God does. He's a converter. God is a transformer. And so the seeking of God first is what God has called us to do in our life. And we can bless him and thank him for it. Say second with me this. Think about this with me. Not only do we seek God first, put nothing in front of God But it also says in this verse we're using as our text, and his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I wonder why he added that. You know, righteousness. So so next is, we need to understand that righteousness is his righteousness. Don't look for righteousness somewhere where you can't find it. You won't find it in yourself, okay? You got to look at it from God's righteousness. It's not yours. See, see, our righteousness, Isaiah tells us, is as filthy rags. Romans, the apostle Paul says, there's none righteous, not even one. So don't go around looking for righteousness in yourself. You won't find any. If you do, it's called self-righteousness. And that's not, God honors not self-righteousness. So it's, 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 it's understanding the getting righteousness right is understanding that it comes from God. 
2 Corinthians 5.21, he that knew no sin, that's Jesus, became sin for us. Why? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that an amazing verse? I mean, my friends, this is what God does. This is God's work. Now, you might and I might struggle with trying to get things right in our life, and I mess up so much and I get knocked down and slip inside and backslide, but I want you to know this. You're going in the right direction when you're seeking God's righteousness because it's God's righteousness. It's his righteousness. And we need to seek it first. Uh, Jesus used in the model prayer. He did not say, you know, when you pray, say, give us, Lord, our daily bread. He didn't say that first, I mean, did he? What did he say? Thy kingdom come. Hallowed be thy name. He is thinking of the righteousness of God. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, that is one, that's where the righteousness of God comes in. Because righteousness is saying, God, I want exactly what you want. You want to get righteousness right in your life? Don't think it's going to be because, well, I didn't think things were going to turn out this way. It must be something I did wrong. No, you, you submit to God, you surrender to him, and you say, that's God, I want your will to be done. That's righteousness. Because it's God's righteousness, it's not ours. And what a blessing that is to rejoice in that. Now, look at uh, uh, Hebrews 10. I could go different places. Oh, I don't know where time goes. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's, let's ask God to help us get righteousness right. It won't be. I'm going to tell you, it won't be the preacher's doing. God's got to get this in your heart. Because I'm going to tell you, there's enough sin in this sermon to send me to hell. You got it? I mean, I'm serious. I mean, we got to understand how God is righteous and what he, he has acclaimed for us. I mean, we need to see it just like Isaiah when he saw it in Isaiah 6. And he saw the thrice holy God. He fell on his face saying, woe is me. For I'm a man of unclean lips. But God reminded him, you have been purged, cleansed. That's grace. That's the gospel. Where was it going? Hebrews 10. There was a verse I wanted you to share, I wanted to share with you. And it's in the 10th verse of chapter 10 of Hebrews. By the which we, we which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Look at verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now I want to just, I just want, I got to be brief on this, I know. But listen, it's so important to understand justification and sanctification. Justification is a one-time event. Christ, because of his blood, God has declared you righteous. But sanctification is a process, okay? That's what we're in now. That's why you're seeking righteousness. But it's not your righteousness. It's God's, okay? 
And so the very fact that God has given you the ability, the desire even, to seek righteousness is to know that you have already been perfected in Christ. Okay? So here's the dilemma we get in. It's amazing to me that the more we see and we desire and we seek the righteousness of God. Now listen to me. See if it don't fit. She don't fit. The more you want it, the more of your sins you're going to see. You hear me? I, I told you this years ago. I haven't done this much lately, but you know, uh, I used to walk my, my floors or help Penny with floors in my house. And, and when I started doing that, I automatically started taking my shoes off at the door. Now, why did I do that? Because I was the one doing the cleaning. See, I could see the dirt more. I could say, well, what can I do? What can I do to clean this up? Hey, I, I used to think everything's better and better, and probably and a lot of things are, but I took some pecans over to Matter last week. I'd picked them up in all these roller deals, you know, and sometimes you get sticks and limbs and leaves in it, and I just put them in the bag, took them over there. And those guys unloaded those pecans and walked over there, and next thing I knew, they was putting them back in my truck. I said, what do you mean? What are you doing? He said, man, we can't take them pecans. They've not been cleaned. I said, you mean I got to clean them? He said, if we don't want us to buy them, you got to clean them. I got my, mad about that in a way. In a little bit, I talked my call Penny. The first thing I do when I don't like them, I call my wife. I said, Penny, they're not going to take our pecans. I mean, I, just, I was going to throw them in the woods. I said, I felt about it. So I, I called another place, too. They're not even taking them. So I said, uh, uh, I called this place back, you know, and this lady answered the phone then. And I said, listen, I tried to sell y'all some pecans. I, I can't, I couldn't sell them because they're not clean. She says, well, why don't you just clean them? <laughs> she said, if you clean them, we'll buy them. So I spent that afternoon cleaning pecans, okay? I did it. I got them ready. I'm going to take them back tomorrow, and I'm going to go with confidence. I mean, sometimes we think God's going to take our lives just like they are, you know? We're just going to go to God, and God's going to take everything. We get fighting mad because God won't take us in our sin, too. But I'm going to tell you what. God is holy, and he's righteous. And his righteousness is from him, not us. There's no way we're going to work our way up to be good enough for God. We won't make it. Don't try to outrun the devil till you die. You'll never make it. You come to Jesus and you trust him for righteousness. Not only justifying righteousness, but sanctifying righteousness every day you live, every walk you make. So when the devil accuses you and makes you think you're going to be guilty and you'll never make it and you're not really saved anyway, you go to him and you trust him. And you claim that righteousness because that's where it comes from. Okay, lastly, firstly, nothing in front of God. If you really want to get righteousness right, I'm not, I'm not I mean, the, bur the burden of, of life. You, you know what? I believe that, that we don't appreciate grace near as much as we ought to. And the reason I think that is because we, most of us all, were, were raised in the Bible Belt and we come from a family, most of us, where we didn't do anything all that bad. So we really don't see that we were at once hostile to God and enemies to him. We just don't get that. But I'm going to tell you, when we really look at the holiness of God, that's how we were. See, it's righteousness of God is not a culture. 
See, we're living, the, we're living in a world now, the culture of the United States of America is changing and it's getting more unrighteous. So we're living in a place now that doesn't really give a rip about what you do, how you live. But the Christian understands from God's grace, it does. And God's the only righteousness that we have. So nothing in front of God and his righteousness is important to God. It comes from him. That's why Jesus came to this earth, to show us what God is like. And God is righteous. And he's given us the sheer privilege and duty also to pursue holiness because he said, without which nobody's going to see me. Jesus said in this very Sermon on the Mount, seek ye first the righteousness of God, but he also said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They be filled. See, God can give it to us. And then briefly in the last... You know what, when we do that, notice what that verse says. And all these things shall be added to you. I believe with all my heart and I've experienced, and most of you have, that when we really seek God's righteousness, when we really understand that that is His righteousness, then we're going to find everything else we need. All these things are going to be added to us. You know what you're going to have? You're going to have assurance. We need assurance. A lot of Christians are saved by God's grace will be in heaven, but they don't have assurance. The only way we can enjoy God, we enjoy the things God has given. You know why we're not enjoying the things God has given us? Because we're just saying, well, you know, maybe I messed up this or that. Maybe I should have done this and that. We're not really counting and accrediting righteousness to Christ. We're thinking about it's got to be in me. But the Holy Spirit, you see, that's the sanctifying part of righteousness working in you, but it's Christ's righteousness. Don't ever look at the Holy Spirit as righteousness. You look at Christ objectively. See, it's what Christ has done for us. He's given us righteousness. It's what Christ also, though, does in us through the Holy Spirit. He's making us righteous. That's why we hate sin. That's why we're confused in the world sometimes we need to understand the righteousness of God in our lives and what a bless that is what a joy that is so God has made you righteous do you believe that you get it right I read a story one time there was two men that inherited some land and one of the guys you know he just started to work I mean he said look God has given me this I'm going to work, and he, he made this productive vineyard and farm, and, and he just was energetic and prolific in what he did. And many other men got the same amount of land. He spent all his time going to the courthouse trying to check the title. He was wondering if it was really his. He said, man, I don't know if that's mine or not. I, I don't deserve it. I don't. No, no, he, he goes, and he understands. You understand what God has given you. See, you go out and you live like a child of God, okay? Because you're his child. And he has made you righteous. And he will keep you righteous. So what we need to do is show how God we appreciate it. It's not an easy chair. You know, people say, well, you know, if I believe like those folks do over at the Primitive Baptist Church, I'd say, well, I just won't do nothing. No, what it does, righteousness makes you do more. Why? Because the great business of life is taken care of. 
You are saved and your soul will be in God's heaven forever. The great debt has been paid. Jesus paid your sin debt in full. And understand that as long as we live on this earth, if we live to be a hundred, we'll always be sinners and that's all we'll be. You be satisfied with that and you go to God and you thank him and you follow him and serve him just like Mary of Bethany. Because Jesus says, this woman loved much because she was forgiven much. How about you? That's what righteousness will do to you. Don't tell me that righteousness is some kind of easy chair we sit in when I'm saved by grace and I mean, man. Hey, Penny's dad, Mr. Emery DeLoach, I remember that guy, most joy I've ever known in a man in my life, overall. I mean, he's planting trees for us. You get him on a track of land planting trees, I guarantee before he gets halfway through, he said, Randy, where are we going next? He's saying about where else he can go. That's how we need to be. God, what can I do next in your kingdom? I mean, that's not to put on our big britches of, of being religious. No, it's serving God. It's understanding that my righteousness come from God, and I'm not going to abuse it any longer. So you come to God today, and you come to him with a willing, submissive spirit. And it don't matter if you've been standing on the gates, wanting work for to the last hour, just like the parable of the vineyard, the workers in the vineyard, and they all came. You get up right now and you say, God, I want to serve you. I want to bless you because it's your righteousness. And I'm not going to let the devil take my mistakes and put me under the rug of life. You remember Jesus paid them all the same. <laughs> the world won't understand that. I'm going to tell you about God, though. You get righteous right. It's just. But he's not fair. I'm so glad he's not. If he was, I'd be in hell today. You know, if there's more books written on hell, there'd be more people pursuing righteousness. I believe that. You know, there's a lot of books written on heaven. But Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. And the thing that we need to be concerned about is our relationship to God. There is some Bible verses that teach us that just because you've tried to live a religious life and some people came to Jesus and he said I never knew you I never even knew you now, you would have thought those people would have been pretty churchy folks he said depart from me ye that workers of iniquity I say to you and I say to Randy let's listen to God let's seek his kingdom and his righteousness number one you leave all that other stuff out. If you want life, I'll tell you what it's like. You got to go both by faith. That's right. But faith is the root. It's life. But assurance, that is believing and trusting in the righteousness of Christ given to us. I mean, even if I've never been to a retreat or never been to a Bible conference or never read the Bible through, Righteousness is Christ. That's what he requires, and that's what we have because of him. Assure us that the flower, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you for listening. I do pray that God would give you and me the assurance 
of getting righteousness right, how important it is. I don't know if I've gotten it all together right. There's so much I don't know. But you know what? I think sometimes we dwell too much on what we don't know and use that excuse when we don't do really what we do know. May the Lord bless us. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, thank you for your righteousness. You're always right, always good, always grace, never change, the rock. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for giving us your righteousness, the willingness to be more righteous, putting us on a platform that we can display that righteousness. Oh, Lord, may we glorify you by being more righteous because the light will shine in dark places really bright. The salt may sting and wounds really hard, but your righteousness will never fail. For your word says that we are assured because of your righteousness to have quietness and peace. Your word tells us that we're so afraid because we're not righteous. We don't realize the righteousness we have in you. Christians today are running from everything from COVIDs to government to hiding places to find away from things that they even imagine in their minds to be running after them. But your word says, when we seek you, Lord, and our mind is stayed on you, that means your righteousness, we can be bold as lions. Thank you, Lord. Give us strength. The righteous shall never be moved. Oh, help us to live that way for your glory in your kingdom, in Jesus' name, amen.